0: Hello everyone, welcome to Amateur Radio Roundtable. I'm Tom, amateur call sign W5KUB, and uh, we're glad to have you with us tonight. And if you're out there listening on shortwave on uh, WBCQ on 7490, we uh, would love to hear from you. This show is all about ham radio, amateur radio, and uh, um, we're uh, we're glad to have you tonight. Drop us an email to Tom at W5KUB.com. Tom at W5KUB.com. Tell us where and where you are. Give us a signal strength report of the transmitter. Uh, we're, we're transmitting out of Monticello, uh, Maine. Uh, not a high power transmitter. We're only running, uh, I think, 50,000 watts. So it's fairly low uh, compared to some shortwave stations. Uh, but anyway, it does still get out. And uh, I've actually listened to it on some SDR receivers from time to time. We're going to be talking about SDR receivers tonight. So do me a favor. Do me a favor, everybody. Hit the uh, subscribe button. It helps us out a whole lot. The, I got a little arrow there It shows you where the subscribe button is. It's over in that corner there somewhere. So just uh, look for it and hit the subscribe button. It really helps uh, YouTube to advertise our show and get us better at ranking. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, be a subscriber. Uh, Hit the uh, notification button too if you uh, would like to be notified. Sometimes during the week we have special uh, broadcasts that come up on something and uh, it might be something you want to see. So hit that and also hit that like button if you like the show tonight. Uh, We'd like to uh, ask you or invite you to join our uh, Facebook ham radio group. Uh, it's a great ham radio group. We've got over 12,000 hams in our group now. And uh, it's just about everything. We talk about everything in here. We talk about the show, and it kind of follows the weekly show. But it's just, in general, a ham radio. Post your pictures and different things in there. Whatever you want to ask questions. We need to do shack pictures again soon. So we'll be asking pretty soon for everybody to send in their shack pictures. And we'll try to uh, do shack pictures again on the uh, show here. Uh, uh, pretty soon, so join that Facebook group. The easy way to find it is just to go to W5KUB, do a search for W5KUB uh, in the little uh, Facebook search box up there, and uh, you can join our uh, join our group, and we'll uh, we'll prove you just uh, right off here. Uh, lots going on tonight. I'm gonna give you an update on 108. If you've been following us, uh, we were just about to cross the finish line for lap two around the world and we've lost communications that doesn't mean we've lost it it may come back tomorrow we're going to see what happens tomorrow before we make a decision uh let's see what else is going on oh hey later tonight you know hey last week we talked about the potato-powered transmitter tonight we're going to build the potato-powered transmitter and prove if it will work or not now i didn't realize it but The magazine QST was the April issue, and um, I understand that they usually put one April Fool's uh, article in. Don't know if this is the one or not, but you're going to see the results. So we're going to do that a little later in the show. Um, Uh, Tom, I
1: actually had some communication with ARRL about that this week, and I'm going to hold my answer until you show yours. All right, you're going to hold your
0: answer, huh? Okay. Yep, I
1: got I got the scoop from directly from ARRL. All
0: right, well, very, that's good, man. I'm glad you did that. Uh, I, I'm I'm anxious to hear what they said. I know what we're going to do and or not do. I mean, from here, I know what's going to happen. So, okay, so it's going to be fun tonight to see uh, if our results match your uh, announced results. We'll see if they match up. So everybody, stay tuned in the show. It's going to, that's going to be fun uh, in the second half. And in the last, uh, last hour of the show tonight, we're going to just open up the Zoom lines and we'll let everybody out there that wants to join us on Zoom come on in on Zoom and you'll be on the show just like this. We'll leave the video up, chat room, video will be up, but uh, you can join the show on Zoom. And uh, that, that part of the show, we'll just talk about anything and everything. We'll try to keep it pretty close to ham related, but uh, we might talk about a few other things, you know, from time to time. So uh, that's kind of the plan tonight. Um, Glenn, you're up first there. So you worked today. I stayed home. And let me tell you, let me tell the audience out there, we had a massive rain today. And we're up on that northern edge of that big storm that's, you know, hitting the south. But we got a massive amount of rain. In fact, uh, it came down so hard, Glenn. uh, My front porch is built up a little bit. But I saw a frog. I had a frog on the front porch here, and I saw a frog choke. The water got so deep, this (laughs) frog choked out there, man.
1: Yeah, would not surprise me. Fortunately, um, when I drove to work in the morning, it hadn't really started. And by the time I left work this evening, it was almost stopped. But, yeah, I've got a window seat in my office, and I just watched it come down. Yeah, it was cats, dogs, and a couple turtles, too.
0: Well, all right. Now, you're with, the, uh, you're with the light, uh, light gas and water, right? That's correct. Man, could you, in one of these storms, if you would, would you tell them just to turn our power off out here in Carterville just for like <laughs> half an hour so I can use my new home generator? Could, um, could you have them cut it off?
1: I really don't have that much pull.
0: Uh, okay, well, okay. Yeah, you're, I'm still you're the new guy at, on the block. You're counting on nobody there. Okay, well, very good. Yeah, I won't ask, you more, won't ask you any more favors <laughs> out there. Now, That's, if I uh, can ever
1: reach the switch, then I'll do it. Yeah, if you can find the switch. Oh, they won't let me anywhere
0: near the switch. Yeah. Your last day on the job. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll do that the day before I retire.
0: All right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the day you retire. All right, let's go. Let's uh, let's check out. Uh, let's go over to Allen up here in Jersey. Joysey. Go ahead, uh, uh, Alan.
2: Joyzy. Oh, yeah, the only people that say joyzy are people not from joysy.
0: Oh, really? Oh, I'm so sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: hey, that's okay. Uh, good evening to you. And, uh, yeah, the rain didn't make it up here yet, but we're supposed to get it uh, tomorrow night and then through the day Thursday into Friday morning. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully uh, we left most of the water down there and it won't rain quite as much up here. So uh, we've certainly had enough of that this year. So, But otherwise, uh, hanging in there, doing okay uh been a busy uh, couple of days busy couple of weeks at work so uh you know with things starting to open up again you know starting to get out to the point where i'm you know not only doing things virtually like i had been for the last two years but then uh, starting to plan you know some visits out on the road again so things are going to get quite busy
0: yeah well maybe we won't get too much water i think it all dumped here the, the sky can't hold much more than what dumped here so uh, i think you guys going to be okay right here all right, well, I'll tell you what, let's see, we've got, um, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's just go ahead and jump into our first segment here, and uh, I'll uh, introduce you to uh, uh, Robert uh, W5IUA here, and uh, how you doing, Robert? Uh, uh, you're up in Springfield, Missouri, man. How you doing up here?
3: I'm doing great. Uh, we got rain, too, today.
0: Did you? Well... Man, I, I didn't know that Scott could hold that much water. Well, uh, hey, uh, it's good to have you on here tonight with us. And um, as you and I were talking earlier, you know, we use uh, some SDR receivers from time to time listening for our balloon when it gets into an area that, that we just don't have good coverage to hear. But you've got a little deal you've been working on here to help people to, I guess, more effectively use SDRs, right? And I'm just going to turn it over to you. And why don't you just tell us all about the idea here and what this thing does?
3: Oh, sure. Um, well, I created a system called hams.live. That's name. That's the website hams.live. It's a little tricky because people don't think of .live as a domain name, but it is, um, anyway, um, it, uh, I'm going to put a slide up here, if I can, uh, that shows a little bit of uh, of what uh, the system does. I can find it.
0: There it came up.
3: So um, there's three elements to the system. Um, the first is the SDRs themselves on the right. You see the, I uh, hope they can see that slide. Yeah. Uh, the um, uh, There's hundreds of them around the world and uh, people have uh, graciously uh, deployed these, these SDR receivers. I'm gonna call them SDR sources and you'll see why in a little bit here. Um, uh, out on the internet and they have public addresses um, and you can get to them with a web browser uh, and people hams uh, in particular have been using these extensively for various purposes um, to help uh, the receive capabilities uh, beyond their their own station receiver um, the uh, uh, addresses of these um, are uh, are available again with a browser, uh, but uh, sometimes to use these SDR sources it gets complicated, especially if you use more than one of them. So uh, we created this hams.live system, which is in the middle here, um, to uh, we put all those links uh, for those SDRs under a common domain and uh, on the internet, and then we. Created links in the system that we could m- manipulate easily with options, in particular the frequency, the mode, and the waterfall level of the of the uh, settings, and you can communicate that back to the SDRs over the internet. So then we needed a client uh, to uh, manage this uh, that works like a web browser, but uh, has some additional features, and so. We chose OBS Studio. That's over here on the left, the client that runs on your computer. So what we're going to do tonight is a demonstration of uh, the system and how it works. Um, and what it'll allow you to do is a number of things, um, which uh, which I think you'll see will be beneficial. So let me get this stopped and uh, we'll go into the demonstration. OBS Studio is um, a program that, uh, if you'd asked me a couple years ago, what, uh, what is OBS Studio? I wouldn't have known so many, many hams may not be familiar with OBS Studio, but OBS Studio is a open source program that's used for audio and video streaming. Uh, it's, it's available in over 50 countries and love 50 languages. And it's available on Windows, Mac, and Linux. Um, And so let's see if I can share my OBS Studio screen. If I say OBS in this presentation, it's I'm talking about OBS Studio. It's a little bit of a shortcut. So here we go. Okay, I should be sharing the screen. Is that coming yeah, through? Yeah,
0: yeah, it is.
3: Okay, great. So this is OBS Studio, and this is called the Canvas, this large black area. It's where the information comes up. Uh, OBS has embedded browsers, so it works like a web browser, uh, but it's got a lot of a lot of additional functionality. So what we've done is we've created scenes that have lists of SDRs, The one you're looking at right now is the Southeast United States. The, in the sources box here, you have a list of, of, uh, of the SDRs, the sources, and they are organized by grid square. And they should also show the state or province. Um, up here you have the audio mixer. Which is uh, going to allow you to control the audio. You'll see that in a moment. And right here, you have the control panel. The control panel comes up after you log into hams.live, and it allows you to enter the frequency, and mode, and waterfall level of the uh, of interest. So um, I'm looking at on my radio here at 20 meters, and I'm seeing um, signal. Um, Maybe about 253, 14253. So, if I put in 14253 into this box and I choose upper sideband, and I can choose a waterfall level, zoom level, and I hit this adjust button. After I hit that adjust button, what what just happened was that all the links in the system that I'm using immediately have been updated to that uh, frequency and mode and waterfall zoom level. So if I wanna use a particular SDR, I can choose one from this list. The ones on the dark here are the ones in the Southeast United States, the area I've chosen. And then the others are other SDRs that are nearby and I've got those in each of the scenes to uh, allow you to pick some diverse locations, but I'm gonna choose one here in Maryland, and when I click this button, two things are gonna happen. One thing is the SDR is gonna come up on the left, and on on the right, you'll see the audio mixer activate. So I've clicked the button, and now we have the Westminster, Maryland SDR, running uh, on 14253 upper sideband um, if you want to listen to it you can come over here to the mixer and there's a it, it's muted right now but if I unmute it you can hear the audio from it let's see the I picked 253 looks like uh, there's a station at 250. 250, 264, you can see there's a station at 264. So if I go over here and pick 14, 264 and hit the adjust button, now it's gonna refresh the SDR and it'll be on 264. Now we're hearing the uh, audio. Hopefully you can hear that. So so this is the first iteration of, of, of uh, Live is being able to select an SDR uh, from uh, the, the hundreds available and manifest it inside OBS Studio. Um, but the thing that's really uh, Got people's interest. I think is what I'm going to show you next, and that is we've created a scene that that uses multiple SDRs at once. So I'm going to turn off the Maryland SDR here, and I'm going to go down and switch to a scene called Multiple. So now what do you now you see that the screen is divided into four different regions, color coded, and I've got groups of SDRs that are also color coded available. And another thing that this scene adds is my, uh, audio from my, from my transceiver. Uh, I actually use two radios. I use a receiver and a transmitter and my receiver's a 10 tech Orion. And so if, uh, it's, it's connected to the mixer here and I can listen to my own rig audio just by unmuting that. Of course there's, uh, let me get... Uh Northern California they just disappeared. Uh a lot of them... so, so the so uh, the station on two fourteen two fif- two fifty that was two fifty uh let me make sure I got the same frequency. Here. Okay, two sixty four. Of course he's not transmitting right now. <laughs> uh anyway, that's my rig audio and up here you can see that there are groups and i have four sdrs activated one in california one in utah one in alberta and one in in maryland and by just clicking this button it will launch all four sdrs simultaneously and you see the audio for those available here so i can i can listen to the radio You can see this in the purple region, the Alberta SDR has a signal of S8 uh, for the station if I unmute it. I've, I switched over to the Utah now. Now I'm switching to the Maryland of course, you stopped talking. <laughs> so you can, um, you can use this for a number of purposes. You can, um, you can test your own transmitter, uh, by test, by transmitting on a clear frequency, um, and see where your where your signal is reaching. Um, you can actually get a much better idea if the frequency is in use uh, by looking at four at once across the uh, continent. Um, it's 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 a, a very useful uh, system. And then if one of these SDRs is busy, you can just choose another one, and you can choose them from different groups. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to turn off the uh, the Maryland SDR in the blue and now I can come down here to one of the other blue and I can activate this one in New York make sure that group is activated and now the New York one will come up in the blue so this is the multiple multiple SDR scene with uh, uh, also it's got my rig audio added in there as well. Um, so uh, there's a lot of other other features that, that uh, OBS will bring to the table. One of the interesting things is audio filtering um, and um, that's built into the system. So if I go to uh, this Green SDR, the one in the upper right over here, and I select that in the sources. Uh, There's a button down here called filters. And if I click filters, I can choose different levels of audio filtering for the signal. I guess if I turn it on. might be hard for you to hear that. Uh, we've got the audio acoustically coupled to the mic here, but um, um, it works pretty well. Um, so um, I'm going to stop the demo here. And uh, I guess... Um, Were you able to hear that? Yeah, we
0: we were. We were able to hear it uh, 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 pretty well. Now, I saw four four boxes there. Uh, Are you limited to four SDRs plus maybe a local channel or?
3: Well, um, I could do more than four, um, but um, uh, you would have to remap the, uh, if you wanted to see everything at once, you'd have to remap the screen. Oh, okay. and, and the other thing is, um, my computer's a, a mid, middle-of-the-road computer. I'm running an i5 a computer, not, a, not the fastest one, but not the slowest one. Mm-hmm. And it has a pretty pretty good video card in it, a, a GPU. So these take some, some resources, computer resources. So the more you run, the more resources you use up. So it would depend on your computer system.
0: Okay. Um, Now uh, there was a question in the chat room about how much bandwidth does four take. I I guess audio. I guess guess there's not a lot of bandwidth that each one takes, right?
3: Um, You know, I don't. I I think there's some statistics um, that you can look at. Um, That's a good question. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I probably should do some testing to see. Uh, I don't think it takes up a lot of bandwidth.
0: Now, what about changing the frequency? Uh, can you click on the, the band scope or anything, or do you have to change it over on your screen?
3: Well, the system is set up so that when I put a frequency or mode or waterfall level in, it changes it for everything in the system. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want different ones playing different frequencies. You can to
3: a limited extent interact directly like you would with a web browser. So if I pick this Half Moon Bay California one up here and I highlight it, I can go down here and there's an interact button. Now I'm I'm uh, directly interacting with the SDR and I can move this just like I could in a web browser and change the frequency of that one if I wanted to.
0: Yeah. So one of the, one of the things one of the things you talked about was the ease of of using multiple SDRs, and I think that's what you're trying to to talk about here. I I know uh, you know uh, these SDRs are a little uh, they're not tricky, but you got to do a little work to get it on frequency and whatever. But to to add to manage four of them that would be a a big deal. So you're uh, program, your server system, it it uh, combines these things and gives you kind of a, a diversity where you can have multiple running at the same time. And I guess you could turn one up or down and listen to whichever one's best, right?
3: That's right. And the other thing that's happening behind the scenes here is the URL parameters that I'm sending to the SDRs uh, include options for each SDR that, that kind of optimize the way it looks and the way that the settings are so you don't have to fiddle with any of that when i mean when you use an sdr you don't know who's used it before or what settings it has or whatever so uh this kind of uh, makes it a little bit cleaner
2: uh-huh okay i noted that on the the modes that you have just the am and then upper and lower side um, are you planning on adding some of the other modes at the sdr the web sdr support CW as such?
3: Um, that would be easy to do. Um, I had some programming help uh, early on in the process and got this created, and I've had a lot of trouble finding some programming help for one reason or another. They got busy or life changed, whatever, and they weren't able to help me. And so actually I'm, I'm interested in finding some, some folks that would, would be able to work with me like someone that knows JavaScript, that would be able to uh, do some small programming changes. And what you're talking about would be very simple to do. Just a matter of just changing the code in that file uh, to uh, accommodate CW, for example, or some of the other modes, yes. And the other thing that I'll say is uh, most all the SDRs in my system that I'm using for this are the Kiwi SDRs. There's different types of SDRs, and the reason that we're using the Kiwis primarily is the Kiwis give you full coverage uh, in HF. You can go from broadcast band all the way up through 10 meters uh, continuously. And uh, some of the other SDRs, like the web SDRs, they don't really, a lot of them don't have that feature. So for simplicity's sake, I wanted people to be able to put in any frequency ham or wave that they wanted to in the HF spectrum and have that work.
0: So Robert, what, what you're doing here is basically, uh, you, you're splitting the transmit, your transmitter and receiver, uh, kind of like back in the old days when, when I started in ham radio, we had a transmitter and a receiver. We only had one receiver though. And, uh, but what you're doing here, and I know the way you were operating there, and I looked at your uh, QRZ page, you have you're using your 7300, your IC 7300 just for the transmitter, and you're using a different a different uh, receiver, and uh, you're using the uh, SDRs, and uh, so you're able to you're able to have a conversation with somebody by using the SDRs. You're actually able to hear them where you could not hear them on your own uh, radio on your antenna. Now they would need to do the same thing on their end to to use uh, an SDR receiver to hear you. For instance, if you're on twenty meters and let's say you're seventeen miles apart, we probably couldn't communicate with each other uh, with you know just on twenty meters. but by splitting the receiver and a transmitter, uh, you'd be able to talk to somebody that distance. So I guess Absolutely. that's one of the advantages.
3: Absolutely, Um, you know, I think it's worth saying that um, uh, obviously this system is not intended for contesting, for DXing, for contacts. It's not, we're not trying to cheat the system and don't think that people should do that. Uh, That's not what it is at all. Uh, this, there's a lot of other uses in ham radio. Um, I'm on uh, a group that meets a round table every day uh, on 17 meters and there's some close-in stations that I can't hear otherwise without SDRs. So it's just to, to help people in those scenarios, scenarios like they have uh, compromised antennas or maybe RFI problems. Um, there's different scenarios that we're in and diversity receivers, uh, diverse receivers I should say, is a, is a, is a value.
2: Yeah, I could, I could see, like, if you're listening to a net, you know, like the Maritime Mobile Service Net or something like that, and you, you you know, you can't hear net control or you can't hear the other stations, if you tune into a couple of different SDRs in different locations around the country, you probably be able to hear every, all the traffic on the net, even if you can't hear them locally.
3: Right. So, the other thing I want to say is that uh, my my uh, system is a subscription system. Uh, it's $20 a year. Uh to subscribe, and uh, that just helps me cover the cost of this, and it's taken a lot of time and effort and money to uh, to get this up, and uh, I'm just trying to uh, to recover some of those costs. So um, anyway, there's a 14-day t- free trial uh, if you want to try the system, and all you have to do to make it work is to register and then uh, download OBS, and then there's one plugin you need. It's called the WebSockets plugin to make the communications work and uh, you install those on your system. You uh, import the scene collection file that has all the SDRs, and it, then it just log in, and it works.
2: Now, you said that there's a couple of hundred. Is, it, is this basically the same list? Like, if you go to kiwisdr.com, uh, there's a list of 600 or 700 or so stations there. Is that essentially the same station list that you're uh, kind of putting together in this app?
3: Uh, that list is a little bit bigger um, I've gone through and taken some time there's some SDRs out there that aren't very good uh, they're 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 uh, they've got, they've got bad uh, noise or they've got antennas that aren't very good or various reasons why for whatever reason they just don't work very good and so I've tried not to include those in the system but um, there's over 500 I think there's 540. Uh, Kiwis in the system uh, right now.
2: Okay, yeah, I, I like how you kind of have them organized because, like, if you go to Kiwi SDR or like the Web SDR you know, it's it's tough to kind of find one in a particular area. You got to do a bunch of searching. It sounds like uh, by having it done with the the grid square, it's pretty easy to try to find something in a particular location.
3: That was part of the me- method of my madness, yes, sir. And part of the value add of the system is trying to organize them and make it easier for people to use. Yes.
0: Well, all right, well, Robert, uh, it's been uh, interesting. I can see there's uh, a, a neat advantage to, uh, to using this. It helps you find the SDRs that you need and uh, makes it easy. Uh, your website is just what, uh, hams.live, right? If people are interested and want to uh, see more information, they can go to uh, hams.live and read all about it, and even try it out, right? That's right. Thank you. Okay, anything else you, you want to tell us about it? No, nope. I appreciate the opportunity
3: to be on here, and uh, and uh, thanks very much,
0: Tom. All right, well, hey, you're welcome to stick around with us the rest of the show and uh, participate uh, with us in whatever we do here. Uh, it may yeah. get to be fun after a while. Who knows? All right, well, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. And, uh, Hey, if, if, uh, I guess you have an email address or something, if people need to get in touch with you, can they find, well, they can look you up on QRZ, right? And, and this is Robert and W five, I U a W-5-I-U-A.
3: yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, the best address to use for that is admin at
0: Okay. Very good. All right. Well, maybe you'll uh, get some inquiries there. All right. All right, well, that was uh, interesting to uh, see a, I guess that's kind of an enhancement on how uh, to make things a little easier to use the SDR out there. I've used the SDRs out there, you know, for our, our tracking our balloon. And, you know, like Alan says, man, some of them are tough. I mean, I have to dig and dig and dig to try to find one, and I want one in this region, and it takes me forever to find one. Uh, so this might might uh, be very helpful for people to find the SDRs that they they uh, want to use there.
2: And being able to kind of select, like I said, being able to select more than one. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, sometimes if you're you know, trying to find what which ones are going to be best for, if you're trying to listen to everybody on a net or something like that, being able to have four at a time, then maybe this one here will will help you, help you hear that station, but this one's going to help you hear the other station and that type of thing. You know, most of the time when I'm using a web SDR, it's when I'm traveling. I'm traveling for work. I'm stuck in a hotel room and I can't really play radio, but I want to tune around and listen. That's when I'll I'll fire up the web SDR. You know, I'm on the computer in the hotel room, and this sounds kind of an interesting way of trying to see where there's some activity. Um, you know, in a, in a more efficient way. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll uh, we'll keep following this and see how it uh, evolves over time. But it sounds like it could be a good deal here. All right, uh, let me give you guys an update real quick. I know many of you have been following W5KUB-108. It's our attempt to go around the world. Well, we were doing really good. We went around the world once, and we were almost about to complete the second revolution around the world, but we didn't hear from the balloon today. Now, I don't know. We don't know exactly what's that, what that means yet. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Um make you a little bit better picture here so um you can see uh we're just about to come across we're going to go across southern mexico but we're going to hit the finish line probably tomorrow for our second lap now the last two days we've had some really bad communications out in the pacific there are some areas in the pacific where we've had terrible communications before so we don't know what's going on. I know there were some big uh, uh, solar flares, and NASA put out some things, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. I'm not sure that really affected this, so we don't know. Now, today, we uh, in the last two days, we, we, heard good, uh, we got good reports in the morning for two or three hours, and we got good reports in the afternoon for two or three hours, nothing in the middle of the day. Now, uh, today... We did not did not receive a single transmission. So uh, a couple of things may be here in in, in play here. Uh, we won't know until tomorrow. But if our processor was stuck or hung up uh, tonight, overnight, uh, as the sun goes down, the processor will reset and maybe it will come alive tomorrow. The next option is. And uh, I might be hoping for this is our best option. Uh, the next best option is half of our antenna fell off. You know, we've got a 34-foot uh, dipole on this balloon, and it's made out of number 36 wire, about the size of a hair on your head, and it hangs below It hangs below the, uh, the tracker. And this thing has been in 150-mile-an-hour wind, at uh, minus uh, 40 degrees celsius and it's been flying around up here for 22 days now so uh, maybe we'll be lucky and maybe half the antenna broke off and fell off now why would that be lucky well i think with whisper we would still be hearing it especially when we got overpopulated areas like when we get close into the u.s i think we would still hear whisper or if we were over Europe or China, I think we would still hear whisper, uh, transmissions on it. So, uh, I'm hoping either it's going to reset tomorrow or half the antenna broke off. I'm, I'm hoping, I don't think I can hope for a sunspot, uh, not sunspots, but you know, some kind of storm or something. I, I don't know. Although the communications, uh, was not very good in that area of the world. Let's see if I got a picture, uh, here, show you the area I'm talking about. We were, um... oh, another thing we're facing right here, and I'll show you. Another thing we're facing is this. You know, uh, this new experimental balloon was doing great. It was flying at 45,000 feet, and that is good because uh, storms will take it down. And most people file these little small balloons that won't get up to about 25,000, 24,000. And they usually come down with storms. But look at this. This is about our approximate position today. And look at this. We had clouds. Uh, We had some storms. And we had clouds as high as 45,200 feet high. And, man, that was getting very close to the area uh, where we are flying. So it's very possible a storm could have taken us down. We don't know. Again, tomorrow will be a, a deciding day on if we're still up or if we came down um see if i got another shot here if you look at um if you look at uh, a whisper here i'll a circle where we are there's just not anything going on out there in that circle these are whisper uh, uh transmissions and reports during the day but there's nothing down here now there's not much going on down here but i would at least thought that Mexico and the upper part of uh, South America would have had people, you know, on Whisper. But uh, that was uh, a four-hour period uh, today on Whisper, and there's nothing there guys. So, you know, is it a black hole? What is it? We we don't know. So that's a possibility. I, I don't know. Don't know. Um, and let's see. So that's uh, going to be our update on uh, W5KUB-108. 108 we we got our fingers crossed. We're just hoping tomorrow morning, I think if it's going to come alive by 9 or 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, uh, Central Time, if it starts reporting, then we're okay. And uh, we'll jump up and down and uh, yell and uh, smile real big that uh, we thought we lost it, but it came back.
1: Well, the ants may have just jumped off and taken another side trip to Hawaii. Well, you
0: know, you know if people were following it on Facebook, uh, one of the predictions a couple of days ago was it was, was going to turn north and go way up to the North Pole. And we told the ants, under all circumstances, avoid that route. And the next thing I saw the next day, we were dipping down below the equator and back up to cross bottom of Mexico. So that may, have been, that may have been a bad uh, choice to come down there, particularly with those storms there. So we just don't know and, uh, man, don't know. But uh, tomorrow uh, uh, we, may, uh, we may start building up uh, W5KB 110 and get it in the air uh, uh, pretty quick if this one is confirmed down. We just, we just don't know. All right,
1: we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to have an intervention for you, Tom.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you might have to. At least, uh,
1: at least these are cheaper
0: balloons. W- well, these are cheaper. In fact, well, hey, let me tell you, I was able to, I was able to contact the Yokohama company in Japan today. Now, they're difficult to talk to, especially if you get in a chat room and stuff, and you know they don't understand what you're saying and you don't understand what you're saying but um i finally found this balloon this particular balloon on their website to place an order but when i tried to place an order and you could only buy 10 at a time but when i tried to place the order it was japan only it wouldn't it wouldn't take your name but japan so i sent them an email and they said so sorry they said we fixed it you can order now so I went back to their website, and they sure fixed it. So I ordered 10 of the super-duper Yamaha 32-inch secret experimental balloons. So I don't know how long it's going to take. It, it was 100 bucks in shipping, 100 bucks in shipping. But uh, 10 balloons were like 23 uh, 10 balloons were 120 bucks. Yeah, 10 balloons were 120 So that and yeah. 100 that's 220 I make some about $22 a piece, which is still, uh, you know, a pretty pretty good deal. And if I ever go to an intervention and if I can ever get broken of this terrible thing, I'll be glad to pass these balloons on to someone else so they can get addicted, you know. That's the story, and I'm sticking to it.
1: Not me. I'm addicted to kits right now.
0: All right. All right. All right, guys. Hey, we'll be right back in just a moment. And, uh, hey, we're going to be talking in a minute. We're going to build the potato transmitter. And Glenn knows the answer from ARL, whether it was April's Fools or not. But we're going to have some results here. We want to see if our results match what they think. Who knows? We might be the same. We might be different. We'll be right back. Uh, Don't go away. Now is the time to spice up your ham shack with ICOM's new ID52A handheld. This radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out. The ID52A is now shipping. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF-UHF dual bander with DSTAR and FM dual mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and DSTAR simplex and worldwide calls over the DSTAR Internet Gateway. The ID52A is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over DSTAR with a connected Android phone. Features include a wideband receiver with guaranteed range of 144-148 and 440-450 MHz. It has an integrated GPS receiver including grid square location. It also has a micro USB for data transfer, programming, and charging and it's IPX7 waterproof. Visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back And uh, let me remind everybody, please, we need your help here, man. Hit that subscribe uh, button over here. Hit that subscribe button, please, please. Hit it. It helps us out a whole lot. Uh, I think my arrow's aimed at the right place there. Uh, That helps us to advertise or it helps YouTube to advertise our show uh, to other people that are surfing the YouTube uh, uh, community. And uh, it, it does bring a lot of new people into the show. Click the subscribe button, click the uh, like button, click the notify button because sometimes we come up live during the week and you might want to see something special we have. I want to take this opportunity real quick. Welcome everybody that's out there listening on International Shortwave on WBCQ on 7490 kilohertz out of Monticello, Maine. We'd love to hear from you. This show is all about ham radio, amateur radio. And uh, you can watch us on W5KUB.com any Tuesday night at um, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. But uh, send us an email to Tom at W5KUB.com and um, we'd love to hear from you. Now, we're going to get into, real quick here, we're going to get into the potato, we're going we're to build this potato transmitter. Now Glenn knows the answer. He contacted ARL, and the ARL told him whether or not this was a real project or an April Fool's project. But we we're not going to ask Glenn that yet. Glenn, you do know you do know the answer, right?
1: Yes, I do know the answer. Got it straight yeah, yeah. from Becky Schoenfeld, right. their publications
0: manager. Do, do you think they really know the right answer?
1: Yes, we had a we had a very nice discussion about it.
0: All right. All right. Okay. So okay, so let me uh, let me uh, get get uh, moving on this, and uh, what we're gonna do, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about, and we're gonna actually build the potato transmitter here, and then we're gonna see how it matches up with what the ARL thinks. So here we go. Uh, if I can figure out how to do this, mm, yeah, I can do it here. Here we go. Hey, okay, you guys know we, on our show, we like to try wild and crazy things. If you remember, we did uh, a tree for an antenna one time, uh, a few months ago, where we actually loaded up a tree and compared it to a regular antenna. And we actually uh, uh, had pretty good results using tree as antenna. This week on the show, we were talking about a potato powered transmitter. And I brought it up on the show. And uh, some of our uh, co-hosts didn't uh, think it was possible or they didn't think it was going to work. Now, I think it'll work, but we're going to try to prove it here in a minute. There was an article uh, this month in QST Magazine in the April issue. Now, in the April issue, there's an article here called Potato Powered Transceiver. And you can see down here the diagram you can see the potato now he had to use multiple potatoes in series to to get enough voltage and current to power this but we're gonna try it I don't know if it'll work I think it'll work I think if I have enough potatoes it'll work I mean, I have enough potatoes here today so what we're gonna do uh, we've got a little uh, uh, oscillator just like he used Uh, he used one in a 20 meter band uh, I have a little oscillator here, uh, a similar oscillator, uh, but this is on 27 megahertz, and this is a little oscillator that I use, that I use in the um, trackers that we build, the um, the little uh, trackers that we use for, for uh, balloons, but there it is, that's the actual transmitter right there, so what I'm going to do is, I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna fasten this down here if I can. Um, the white wire is my white wire is my ground. This thing is so small. I had to actually solder the wires on it under a microscope, and then we'll do this. But there's a the transmitter right there, and what we have what we have here. This is the uh, this is the antenna. Uh, This is the power. And this is the ground. Alright. And we're just going to run the power through a J30, what is this, J39, J38 uh, uh, Morse code key. So let's um, let's get a benchmark on where this little uh, oscillator works. So here we go. We're going to hook up some power to it. So I'm going to hook up uh, uh, for my um, for my uh, bench power supply up there. I'm just going to I'm just going to uh, hook up uh, this so we can get a uh, rough uh, idea of what kind of voltage it works. All right. So so right now I have the. We have a lot of wires here in a minute. But right now I have the uh, power supply lab power supply going through the key to the uh, transmitter. And let's see if we can measure the voltage there. because I'd like to know what the voltage is going to actually be when this thing works. So I'm just gonna put that in there and I'm going to I'm gonna put the positive on the key. So right now the power supply is set at 1.7 volts. All right, now let's listen on a uh, ham receiver and see if we can hear this thing. So I'm going to take—if you remember on one of our shows—we did a remote base, and um, so I'm going to turn my remote base on. This is on my droid tablet uh, using the Wemo. That's this little uh, wireless device here. It's going to turn. It's going to turn the ham radio on. So I'm going to hit it. And get that right there, in this. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna hit the on, and there you go. It turned on the um, turned on the ham uh, radio, and now we're gonna go to the the app itself. Here's our app. All right, it sent the encryption key, and we're connecting now now. As I mentioned earlier, my little transmitter is on 27 megahertz. So you can see um, uh, our remote base, our ham radio remote base, right now is on 27 megahertz. And you can see we're, we're going to tune it up here. You can see the radio there is following the remote base here. All right, let's see if we can hear something here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to press the key down over here. I think I hear it. Okay. When I press the key, we actually we actually have a signal. This little transmitter is actually transmitting to my remote base now. So we've got a we got a signal, and it looks like we're running about uh, 1.7 volts here. Uh, I measured current earlier, and it's just a little over one milliamp. Okay. So let's see if we can change the voltage a little bit and see if it come down. it needs that. Now if you look at the spectrum analyzer over here you can see the power we're actually running. I'm going to key down and you'll see the power here. Well no you won't. You know why? Because look the spectrum analyzer is not hooked up. So let me hook up the input to the spectrum analyzer. Alright there we go. Alright I'm keying it and you can see on the uh, spectrum analyzer here Running, um, I don't know, Uh, earlier I was looking at it a little closer and it was running about a minus 3 dBm. Okay, so minus 3 dBm, that is about one half milliwatt. One half milliwatt. Okay, next we're going to try to power it with potatoes. To get that that 1 milliwatt, or a milliamp, uh, we're going to have to parallel some potatoes. So we need about 1.7 volts and we're going to need a little over 1 milliamp. So let's do this. I'm going to turn this this power off. That'll make things a little quieter. So I've got some potatoes here. Alright, let's do this. So I've cut some uh, copper strips Uh, For the anode, I've got some uh, zinc nails we're going to use for the uh, cathodes. So here we go. I'm going to see if I can... um, I'm going to see what I can do here. So let's just do this. Let's get our copper strips in. Alright, let's get our nails in. Alright, let's uh let's let's see if we can measure that. See what kind of if we got a voltage there. We may have a voltage, who knows? We need about 1.7 volts. Alright, so we've got the old fluke out here. Alright, here we go. Well it seems a little low there. I don't know why let me get that nail in here and making good connection there we go we've got about eight tenths nine tenths well i can't get a good connection but right there you can see 8.89 that's that's nine tenths of a volt right there so we got nine tenths of a volt coming out the uh, out that potato Let's uh, let's go ahead and get a, a, another one together, and uh, see what we can do here. We we'll get our our anode connector in there. We we'll get our cathode in there. Okay, do another one. Gotta be careful with well, copper. You could cut yourself. So if you do this at home, be very careful with this copper. It's kind of sharp. Okay. So you know, we had about eight. We had about nine tenths of a volt on the, uh, on that first potato. Let's do this. uh, We're going to parallel these to try to get a little bit extra current out of them. We're going to do a parallel series. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to parallel these two like this. And then we're going to parallel these two. And then we're going to parallel these two. I don't want to get electrocuted here, so uh, be very careful when you do this. All right, now we're going to put them in series. So. This is gonna, This is our uh, cathode here, so that's going to be our minus. I'll put a black one on this one, if I can get it clipped on here. That's going to be our minus lead right there. And we're going to hook the anode to the cathode, the second set. We're going to do the same thing with the, the second and the third. We're going to hook the anode uh, to the cathode. Alright, and then we're gonna come off the anode here. Alright. Now look at that. We've got three in series, three in series, but we've also paralleled them. So we got a what three by two. Let's see what kind of voltage we're getting there. Wow, we're getting uh two point two point seven volts. But, uh, that sounds fairly good. I wonder if that'll light an LED. I don't know if that'll light an LED up or not. Let's see if it will. Let's
4: see if it will.
0: Uh, Yes, I see it. I see. It's, it's dim, but... I think it's coming on. Let's do this. Let me turn the light up. Let's try it with the light up. Let's see if we're seeing it. I'm a little worried here. I'm a little worried. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can probably see it in the camera. Let me hold it this way. You see it coming on? Going off? Let's see. you see that in the camera? You can see the LED is actually turning on and off. There we go. All right, well, all right, we're getting some voltage out, okay. All right, lights, please. Okay, all right, so let's hook our batteries up to our uh, transmitter here and see if we can hear it over there, so... I've got enough clip leads here to do this. This is going to be our plus. And our plus went to, um, plus goes right here. Plus went to here. Which we're not shorted. And then our minus, minus here, Goes to our minus over here. Yeah, I think I hear it. I heard it. it. was it was very weak. I'm trying to get my uh, voltmeter hooked back up here. all right so you can see on the batteries we're running 2.5 volts here 2.6 when i key down it drops to about 0.8 or 0.9 volts that's just it's just under the threshold where to work now i need more current so if i had three more Three more uh, potatoes in here Parallel, I might have the current. Uh, I'm going to try something real crazy. Let me get something. Be right back. All right, this is going to be a wild and crazy idea. Hey, here's a super capacitor that we use on the uh, on the trackers. I'm going to see if I can, uh that run out of patch here. I'm going to see if I can get a super capacitor across this. If I can figure out where, okay, okay. i am get it right here. This is my minus, so I'm going to put the supercapacitor across, across here. It's really dragging down. It's dragging down. If you watch the meter here, you'll see the voltage in. it will increase. Uh, uh, 0.043, uh, come on, come on, 0.044. So the uh, the the potatoes are charging the supercapacitor, but it's it's really really slow there. Uh, I think once the uh, supercapacitor charges with the potatoes, uh, it might hold it enough that we can actually get some transmit power out of this thing. But uh, we're coming up so slowly here. So we'll let that set a minute and let's let's uh, just see what happens. And we'll we'll come back in just a couple minutes and see if that super cap charges with potatoes. And we'll see if we can make, uh, I'll make a transmission with it. Okay, so we've we'll given it just a few minutes to see if our little super cap will charge up. It has to actually charge up. I'm seeing 2.4 volts here. I'm going to turn this noise maker off over here. I'm going to turn off the uh, the spectrum analyzers and um, maybe get a little quieter in here. So let's look at, let's see what our results are here. Here's our potato power supply. We had to put our super cap on it, but that's okay. That's not a battery or anything, 2.4 volts. All right, here's the real test. Remote base, here's our transmitter. Listen to this. Got a little delay on the internet, that's what it is. Okay, let me send it again. So, I'm sending to the remote base, but it's coming back to me here over the internet, and there's probably a quarter second delay. Let's so see if we can hear it on the receiver itself. It's going to be uh, real time there. All right. So, hey, it does work. The potato potato powered uh, power supply uh, is working um, let's see how I'm gonna do a key down and let's look at the voltage here and let's see how fast it goes down oh, with the super cap so uh, here we go so you can see the supercap's doing a pretty good job keeping it up, but it is going down fairly, uh, fairly fast. So once it gets below about 1.7, it will, uh, it will stop working. All right. So hey, it does work. A potato-powered transmitter does work. So there you go. All right. Hey guys. There's the results. We could transmit with a potato. Now, I don't know. I don't know if this was a uh, April Fool's article or not. Glenn knows he's been talking to the ARL. Glenn, was this a real project or not a project?
1: Uh, I will give you the direct quote from Becky Schoenfeld, their publications manager. Yes, indeed. The project really does work and they had a million other cool photos that they couldn't use but they chose to frame it as an april fools piece but it is actually a working product and a working article
0: all right well that is uh that is cool uh so they they framed it as an april fools but it was a real one
1: that's correct oh, so they man. they fooled you that way
0: wow okay well hey it worked you know and i'm thinking okay i'm thinking I need to build up a little receiver, a little one turn list receiver over there, you know. Maybe we power the receiver with with the potatoes or, you know, whatever. I don't know. But anyway, hey, it was fun building it, and um, uh, it gave us something to do. So I don't know. I don't know how people liked it uh, watching, but uh, it was uh, was interesting, I think. You know,
1: rather than solar cells, why don't you just make your next balloon potato powered and give it some extra helium (coughs) and stuff?
0: Well, you know, I thought about that, and uh, but uh, the potato would weigh so much, so much. Yeah, but now here's here's a
1: thought. You were using half potatoes. Yeah. Could you just <clears throat> slice the potatoes <clears throat> to maybe, you know, a half-inch thick and get the same battery voltage out of that and use the super cap?
0: I don't know. That would have taken a lot of potatoes to experiment and, and, and you know, a lot of time Um you know uh we would have probably you know you you noticed our uh, anode was a copper strip I cut it was pretty right. wide the nail the nail was pretty small it didn't have much surface area on it. I think if we'd had a zinc strip uh we would have got uh you know more current out of this uh this thing so now the article said that a cooked potato uh gave out a lot more current than an uncooked. these were uncooked potatoes, so I don't know we didn't go to the trouble to uh, uh to to test that part.
1: What about with the the lemon?
0: Didn't didn't uh, didn't go that route either there. And yeah, we could have used pennies and uh, zinc washers, but uh, we just used what we had here. I had a sheet of uh, I had a sheet of copper, and uh, I had plenty of the zinc nails. So uh, you know that worked all right. You know, I don't know if a big potato would put out more voltage of current than a small potato. I don't know, but uh, you know, and, I, and, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, it took. With the few potatoes we had, it actually took that super cap uh, uh to charge up to get us to get us enough voltage uh, and current there to actually operate. Uh, we could have probably operated for maybe uh one minute, and it w- that super cap would have dropped so low that we' have had to probably pause for another minute or two until the potatoes charged it back up but uh you know it kind of balanced things out it it kind of worked there, you know. How long did it take
1: to charge up the the potato?
0: Oh, uh, it probably took about I'm I'm guessing probably twenty or thirty minutes, man. It took a long time, man.
1: And that's still yeah. cool. I I yeah. would have bet you that there was no way that was a real article.
0: Yeah, well, it was uh, it was an interesting thing to do. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to post the um, uh, Zoom link in the chat room, and if anybody wants to join us on Zoom, uh, here's the Here's the link. Uh, Please connect on that link and join the show, and you'll be on. Uh, You don't have to have video if you don't want. Just join our our Zoom call and uh, and be in here with us. We'd love to have you. Uh, Again, you're uh, watching and listening to Amateur Radio Roundtable, a show about ham radio, and uh, we, we appreciate all of our shortwave listeners out there on 7490. And uh, t- tune in and watch the show live on W5KUB.com uh, on the Internet if you have Internet out there.
1: You say you were going to have Riley Hollingsworth?
0: Riley was supposed to be here tonight, but uh, we we got mixed up on dates. He thought it was next week that he was going to start. Uh, so he'll be with us next week. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I think Riley is going to... Uh, uh, possibly just be a regular on here you know just to fill in and help us uh you know uh kind of co-host some of the segments uh i'm not sure how much he will be able to talk about the uh, arl volunteer program i'm sure that uh, he will will discuss it from time to time oh okay we've got a few people calling in here oh there's charlie let me get charlie in here there's charlie charlie down in uruguay is in there yeah,
1: by the way, you've got a uh, an echo on Do the I? the local link.
0: I got an echo. I have got an echo. Hmm. I think you got it. Got rid of it now.
1: It was yeah, on Is the,
0: the echo there now?
1: No, it was on the internal.
0: Uh, uh is the echo is there, way now? Way there, now. Is there now? It is. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. ah. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. I know why. I hope that wasn't too uh, too much there. Nah, not uh, bad. Uh, all right.
1: Yeah, I was I was suitably impressed that the potato worked. I when you posted the link of that uh, video you did the other day, I sent that up to AWRL, and uh, that was that was the response I got back from Becky.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So they knew we were gonna they knew we were gonna try it out, right? Yep, they okay. knew we tried it. All right. Well, that's good, man. Hey, Charlie. Charlie Danning, Uruguay. Hello, Charlie. How you doing tonight?
4: Oh, hello. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm <laughs> very fine. funny about the the potato-powered um, transmitter. How, how far did it transmit? You never know.
0: How far? Uh,
4: I, I I only went about four
0: feet. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't try to go. I, I the only uh, little transmitter oscillator I had was the twenty-seven megahertz. So um, you know we kept the antenna short uh, within within the uh, FCC rules, uh, and the power is like uh, the power was like less than a one milli, less than a half a milliwatt. The antenna was probably six inches long. So uh, I think we were we were safe uh, from being prosecuted.
4: No, well, that's not the problem. I think yeah. um, that maybe the LED would have uh, uh, be much brighter if you put a a series resistor, uh, so that it didn't drag uh, the voltage. You know, that's low. uh
0: that's a uh, good point. I didn't think about that. I did not think about it, but. Uh, uh, yeah, if I a a little series of resistor would limit the current and we wouldn't have quite as much voltage drop. So,
1: have also yeah, tried it yeah. after you had the super cap in place.
0: Well, oh, yeah. Well, with the super cap on there, it would have lit it up fine. I mean, Oh yeah. It would it would have done fine. One that, thing, that one thing I, I did not do, uh I, I forgot to do, I should have measured the power on the spectrum analyzer uh running on potatoes and I failed to do that. So, I don't know. It's uh, it was pretty low power. <laughs> yeah, Don says uh, uh, Don says uh, see if I can modulate it and say breaker one nine. You know I, when I turned the uh, remote bass on, I tuned in to 27 megahertz, and man, I never heard so much talking in all my life up here, man. I mean that band is jumping, man. <laughs> Oh, it made me want to get a CB radio.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Actually, that you know, those are sort of making a comeback now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I forget. I think uh, Gigaparts is actually now. Yeah, they are. I CDs. saw
0: that. I saw Gigaparts uh, is selling on there. Guys, there's the link again if you want to join us. And let's see who we got here. We got Harold How Howard I Don't know if I know Harold or not.
1: Yeah, he's with the Corinth Ham Fest.
0: His what? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, the
1: April Fool's Ham Fest. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. That's a good ham fest. I wish we could have gone down there this year, but this, this well, it's, couldn't make it's
1: it. It's in a week and a half.
0: Oh it is it's coming up. Coming up. Oh I yeah, thought it's on
1: on April second.
0: Yeah, I might go down here. I might go down. Um uh,
1: I'm going to be doing an Arduino forum there.
0: Yeah, not that far down here. but Maybe what an hour and a half drive or something like that. Yeah, I don't right know. at an hour and a half. Yeah, it's not very far. I might, might go down here to the uh, to the Hamfest down at Corinth. You have to remind me though; uh, I'll forget. Yeah, I'm going to so, have
1: a table or two down there selling yeah. selling the last little tidbits of stuff. I'm just about ready to uh, do a complete shack refill.
0: Yeah. Hey, I tell you, man. It, hey, time is flying, man. I, I tell you, Dayton's going to be no here before kidding. we know it. Uh, the Dayton Hamvention at Xenia, Ohio. It'll be here before we know it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's less than two months away now, and time <laughs> is flying.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, let me tell you a little about Dayton this year again. Um uh, We've got our booth there we've only got we've only got one booth they they cut us back to one booth instead of two so uh normally we had a lot of stuff in there and we get a lot of people and uh uh it's a pretty active uh, crime scene basically but this year we're cutting back we're not going to stream uh hamvention live this year uh i've been streaming hamvention live for uh, about 19 years now And ever since I started doing it, I missed the Hamvention. Uh, I've been going to Hamvention for 39 years. And I used to like to walk around and look at stuff and buy old stuff and surplus junk and like that. But since I started webcasting, every single minute of my time was taken with the webcast. And many days, we didn't even have time for lunch. Or we'd gobble down a hot dog or something in three minutes, and that was it.
1: Let me tell you something. Even with time to go and see everything,
0: you still gobble down lunch. So we're not going to. We're going to have a booth. Our same spot. We've got one booth there. We're going to have one booth set up. Our banner will be up. And we'll have a couple things out. We'll have some business cards out. But we're going to walk around and enjoy it. We're going to visit everybody. I'm going to spend a lot of time outside. That's the part I like. I like the outside stuff and the inside stuff. And we're going to take video. We're gonna actually take video of it, and we'll bring it back, and probably on the Tuesday night show, we'll just have a show about what we saw at Dayton. So I'm sorry, guys, but after 19 years, we're we're not gonna have a live webcast. We're not gonna have a, a lot of prizes, or not gonna have any prizes to give out to to viewers out there. And you know, we've it's had time. one year. What was that? It's
3: time getting internet there.
0: Uh. Well. Uh, We've always been able to get internet with That's various hard, ways. Hard uh, a couple, a couple years, I had I a. Probably
1: have one of those.
0: Yeah, a couple years, I had a VSAT, uh satellite systems put in for three years, and then one year uh, we paid AT and T. I think uh, we had them put a circuit into our booth, and it was only eight hundred dollars, by the way, to have that put in for the, the weekend. Uh, But then uh, Hamvention has put their own network now in all the buildings and they have pretty good Internet access and you can actually uh, pick up Internet access from them really cheap. So that's that's also available. So, again, no, uh, uh, no, no live stream from there this year. Um, You know, we had one year we streamed at Dayton Hamvention, you know, for five days straight and we had over 50,000 people. Uh, came in and watched, watched us, not at the same time, but over a five-day period. We had about 50,000 people that came and left, you know, uh, to our website. And we will be, we will be uh, webcasting live the Huntsville Ham Fest in August. We'll be there, and we'll be giving prizes, and Hambot will be with us, and we'll be giving prizes out there. But that, that's, a, that's just a neat place for us uh, that really take care of us down at Huntsville and a and, uh, great facility uh everything is just is perfect for us the hotel everything so uh it's real easy for us to do that trip plus it's uh, it's a lot closer than dayton dayton's a 10-hour drive for us and i
1: decided to fly this year
0: yeah yeah. all right hey ron i see ron in here gold medal how you doing ron you're muted he's probably muted Yeah, sorry about that. It's all right. It's all right. Hey, <laughs> are you? Because what? there
5: was some noise here in the room.
0: Are you at uh, a ham fest right now? Where, where are you?
5: Actually, this background behind me
0: yeah, was Huntsville. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it looks kind of like, yeah. uh, it looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, Ron, and we thank you. Ron and Amy have always donated some great uh, ham radio hats that we give out as prizes. Uh, and, Ron, we're going to hit you up again this year when we go to Huntsville. Oh, sure. But, yeah. Huntsville's,
5: it's, uh is one that I really look forward to every yeah, year. Yeah. I've got to say that anybody who considers running a ham fest, any club that considers running a ham fest, go take lessons from the people who run the Huntsville. Show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, it's just a great... Placement. I, I I love the hotel arrangements that's connected to the center. You don't even have to go outside uh, yeah in the weather and the heat and the rain or you know. We just we just roll our equipment across a little uh, uh hallway into into uh the civic center there and we're good to go, man.
1: Yeah, no, I love Huntsville. It's one of my favorites.
0: All right. Well, hey, we've got to think of another fun project. You know, we've done, you know, using a tree for an antenna. We've done that on here before. That was kind of cool.
1: Well, i got something here for you. What do you got? Well, you know, you did that. What is it, the SGU-237 antenna?
0: SGC-237. SGC-237? Yeah.
1: Well, I found this. It's a kit. Yep. And yep. it's got a little organic LED. And this is a $22 automatic antenna tuner.
0: Right. It's, and, and it's probably what rated? It's probably 100 watt, I guess. 100 watts. Yep. Yep.
1: And the hardest part of it is you got to wind your own toroids, so which takes all of a half hour.
3: I'm building one now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is sweet. I've got, I ordered the case for it just yesterday, so this is going to go into a case. I'm it's, gonna be-
4: it's very similar, maybe the same, the one I, I built, uh, remember, the, the other day. Yeah. And I also ordered the, the case, which arrived today, so I have to. Cool. <laughs> I forgot it. In, uh, cool. At, at, uh, yes. yeah. uh, oh. And it works really fine. It sometimes, It's sometimes, uh, it's not that it gets a bit crazy, but it doesn't find a solution well, with the means- same setup well- you have. So, so, for example, you have the same antenna and the same trans frequency and everything, and for some reason, it doesn't find the solution. And well, it then, is
1: fussy on the power input, it's got to be over five uh, watts in.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Hey sure. guys, I forget. I forgot to tell everybody. We're now into the after the show show. So the other show ended, Amateur Radio Roundtable, our 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 ham radio show, basically ended. And we're now in the after the show show. Remember that after the show show, it's still part of the Amstrad Roundtable. But you know, we had some people in the past com- complain that the show was too long, so so they were getting tired of the show. So we just ended the show after the first hour, and now we have the after the show show. So
1: you need to do that in your old Ed Sullivan voice.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Really great show. really g- great show the after the show show i don't know i can't <laughs> Very do it i can't do gonna
1: remember that
0: yeah <laughs> uh. hey tom yes
1: you should also try getting the band together for the after the show show after
0: Before. the show we get the band oh, there together you know. yeah uh we, we really need to get the band together. I tell you what, in Huntsville this year, I want to get the band back together in Huntsville uh, this year. And uh, let's see. I don't know. I thought I had the band here. Maybe not.
4: Hey, Glenn. Just uh, one more word about the tuner. Um, I've ordered the case. The, 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 the last uh, for the decision of buying the case was because I was going to build one myself, you know, but then I saw the case was like it was cheaper buying the case yeah. and uh, separate than than the tuner than the whole thing together. Exactly. <laughs> but the case brings another uh, uh, display, OLED display. So right. I will have an extra display to do something else. You know, another. Well, project. now you
1: got to buy an Arduino to use on the display.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Then sure, you got to
1: but... buy my book to use the.
4: Yeah, but, uh, that's a problem.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that that little free OLED is going to cost you about a hundred bucks.
4: <laughs> yeah, just another project. You know, if I've, I have more projects, that they save yep. my life.
1: But. <laughs> that's that's the way it starts. Look at Tom and the balloons. It started yeah. that way.
4: <laughs>
0: so hey guys, I it just reminded me of something. Let me, I got it right here. I just ran across them the other day. Let me get them. <clears throat> All right, I, I have to bring these to, uh, i have to bring them to Huntsville, but we're talking about getting the band back together, guys, and uh, let me show you what we've got here. We actually have, uh, here's, our, here's our Soul Man album right here. This is our Soul Man album right here. It's on CD. It's on CD. <laughs> this, it. is only, uh, this is only $2.99. It's been marked down to $2.99, but you can see this was uh, the Soul Man uh, cover. Right here of our C D. And then look, oh, we got another with our second C D, which I think is much better. Uh Bad to the Bone. We had Bad to the Bone. Right here. So <laughs> this one right here, uh this one sells for nineteen ninety five if you want uh you want the amateur radio round table band. Bad to the bone, nineteen ninety five, right there. That's the background of Huntsville. And then we got this 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 your Soul Man right here. Let me see, I got I'll give you a little, give you a little hint of soul, uh, soul man here. Let's see if I can do that. Here we go. Here we go. All right, that's probably enough of that right now. But uh, that was uh, that was uh, a couple previous years. That was our uh, that was our our uh, I don't know. That might have been twenty fifteen, or well, almost twenty fourteen. But uh, we'll try to get the band back together. Hey, Ron, maybe you want to join us this year? You know, when you get there.
5: Sure, why not? Yeah. So there's there's my acapella group.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at that. Oh, that's really cool.
1: Yep. Yeah, you don't want me involved. I'll be the ones that gets the dogs howling.
4: <laughs> well, only. Uh, that that must sound really good. That 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 right?
0: Well, you like you like it?
4: No, uh, the acapella group. Oh, all that? Yeah, I thought oh. <laughs> maybe you like. I
0: thought I was fixing to give you a good deal on one of the uh, on one of the CDs here, man.
4: I was looking at it on, on Spotify, but I cannot find
0: it. i tell you, the only thing is, if you, get, if you get the video version of this on Soul Man, at the end of the song, they actually threw a chicken at us. Uh, at the end of the video, you'll see a bunch of bottles, water bottles coming at us, and a chicken was thrown at us. <laughs> Let's see if I can find a chicken here. Yeah, see. there's a
5: guy I went to high school with who made a whole career having chickens thrown at him.
0: Yeah, let's see. I'm gonna.
5: He uh, he shows up on TV under the under the name Sven
0: Gulli. Okay, oh I, my okay, gosh. I, okay, here we go. I, okay, I want you to see I, what kind of what kind of uh, how the crowd acted at the end of our soul man. I'm, okay, let me get it back in now. If you're to have to watch close because the bottles come fast and the chicken comes fast. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh,
5: ah! Ah!
0: There came the chicken.
5: We're on a mission from Gad.
1: <laughs> that uh, was so cool. All right.
4: All right. What's everybody else doing? People, I'm leaving. It's too late here, so... What are you doing, See Tom? you next Tuesday.
0: What,
1: what are you doing? next week? Ciao. Okay, see you next week. Bye-bye. Anthony, jump on in. Speak
0: up. Join us if you're not afraid. Actually, the... I'm, I'm not. I was the one who brought up about the band. Yeah, he was the one who requested the ban.
5: Hey, Tom, you know, the other band you should try getting involved with, maybe the possum band in North Carolina to see if they want
0: to attend Huntsville. The possum, the three possums. We can, well, yeah, we can get the possums there. In fact, he's wanting to come to uh, to Dayton. If I need to get him to bring the pot, three possums there, Ooh. and uh, let's see. Let's see. A little
1: you know, if I remember correctly, Katie and them, do karaoke up at
0: yeah Dayton.
1: yeah you know maybe we're gonna have to get get some recordings of them
0: all right well here we go here's uh two of the three dead possums on my front porch over in north carolina let's see if uh let's see if i can play this right here real quick this is uh this is one of my north carolina visits see got another one here let's see let's see i think i got a song we did um oh well, here's where we open the show actually let's see yes i'm tom medlin w5kub and this is the amster radio Roundtable. and today is july 24th and we're coming to you from the blue ridge mountains in north carolina uh We welcome everybody, and we're going to open a show with two of the three dead possums. All right. Well, that was my friend here, Jeff Powell. He's a ham radio operator over there. I met him through uh, ham radio. In fact, uh, he actually won a prize at Dayton one year. And uh, the, uh, Kathy asked him, uh, uh, where, do you, where do you live? Where's your address? He said, he said, Tuckasegee, North Carolina. And we said, Tuckasegee? We've got a home in Tuckasegee. And we looked, and uh, he's probably no more than uh, 1,000 meters away across a little mountain. That's where he is. He, uh, he's that close to us. And uh, he actually won a prize a few years ago, and that's how I met him. And uh, since then, I've even uh, given a presentation to their ham radio club. They've got a nice ham radio club over in Tuckasegee, and uh, I had a, had a quite a few quite a few members there, and uh, uh, gave oh. them all, gave them all a little gift. You know those little uh, uh, Harbor Freight uh, meters, uh, Glenn? A little uh, yeah. I had about. I took about twenty of those over there, and I gave every one of them a gave every one of them a Harbor Freight meter, man, at the at the meeting. And, uh, but
1: you know, those are really nice little they meters. Good. They're, they're good. They're good. they you know, they've got uh, capacitance checking and all of that. So I mean, they're very powerful for cheap little meters.
0: In fact, did you know uh, there's a mod of, on one of those? You can open it up and you can put a little diode in there, a little germanium diode in there, and you can put a BNC connector on top. And you can actually turn that into a field strength meter, with just about with about two or three parts. You can turn it into a field strength meter, uh, where you know you can put a little whip antenna on there, and uh, you can just, you know, yeah, I've got one
1: one in both of my cars. You know, that's my troubleshooting voltmeter if I ever need it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey Tom. Yes, sir.
3: I want to tell you, I figured out why my chat wouldn't work.
0: Okay. Oh, I bet it was something simple. VPN. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're running a my VPN, VPN here. Yeah.
3: My VPN was running, and I just turned my VPN off.
0: And well, I... and that's well, yeah. And I, you know, when I asked her, are you, you're running any kind of firewall? I didn't, I didn't think about that. But yeah, I, you know, I, I, I put a VPN on here, and there are a couple sites that that VPN keeps me from get, going to. You know.
3: Yeah. Well, in in the context of SDRs, it's. Uh... Pretty nice to have a VPN because uh, sometimes they time
0: out. Yeah. Well, Loses. you know, uh, you, you may not know this, Robert, but you know, you know what swatting is, don't you? You have heard the term swatting. Did you okay. Spell that. Swatting. SWAT. That's where somebody calls the police and they send a the SWAT team into your house. You know. Oh,
4: okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, this show, this show was swatted uh, two years ago. Uh, this show was swatted two years ago, and uh, I didn't know it. The uh, SWAT team came, and uh, the doorbell rang. Uh, I was already starting the show, so my wife answers the door. I don't know who's out there, and I'm thinking, well, you know, it's probably a neighbor or somebody or whatever. So about 10 minutes into the show, I, and I didn't know this was going on, but the, the police actually had got a swatting call where supposedly me somewhat this number uh shot katie allen in the face with a 12-gauge shotgun there's a there's a picture of katie right there that uh shot her shot katie with it and for them to come in and get me so so anyway i'm here doing a show i'm doing a show and and i didn't know it but the SWAT team are talking to my wife and They finally grab her and they take her outside. No shoes on. This is February. No shoes on. She had to walk in a cold out there and they put her in the back of a police car. So I don't know any of this is going on. So I'm still doing the show, you know. And and uh, she said when she got out there, she said there was 15 cars out there, police cars out there. The fire department was at the end of the street. They had the they had the place sealed off. and, and while she was out there, believe it or not, the one of the SWAT team shot the streetlight out. They shot my streetlight out. Now, I didn't hear any of this going on because I was doing the show. And then about 10 minutes later, 10 minutes later, I see some people coming down my hallway. And I'm looking. And they're all dressed in black. And they're kind of in single file. And I don't know, it's kind of walking funny. You know, the guy behind, behind had his hand on the guy's shoulder in front of him. They were kind of coming down my hallway here. And I, they stopped at the door. And uh, I'm thinking, well, this is probably somebody that my wife has sent back here, you know, to see the show. So I didn't think anything of it. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I said, oh, I said, is that an M-16 you've got there? And he didn't answer me. But he said, yeah. are you Tom? Can I, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure. So I let Katie. Katie is out, on out in, uh, in uh, Montana is it Monty? Yeah, Wyoming. Monty. Where? I mean, Wyoming. 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 She's out in Wyoming. And uh, her and Martin Jew from MFJ, they were all on here, and Rich from CQ Magazine. So I said, Katie, y'all go ahead with the show. Uh, I, have to, I have to leave just for a second. So I went and talked to the police, but I didn't know it. I didn't realize it, but I had my wireless mic still on. So they were still hearing me talk. They could barely hear the police talk, but They thought it was, they didn't know what was going on. So we came back in the shack, I mean, in the studio here, and he just wanted to make sure Katie was okay. And I had Katie on the big screen up here on the wall. And I said, Katie, say hi. And Katie says, hello, we're all fine out here. And uh, so to make a long story short, um, we were running our own chat room, our own uh, server, our own website, and we were able to pull statistics and uh, IP addresses and stuff off all of that, provided it to the FBI, and the FBI actually, it took a, a, a right at two years, but the FBI made a, uh, they made a, uh, an arrest, and uh, they told me that there were 58, uh, 58 agencies in the United States looking for these people, and they just could not find them. And the information we were able to give them helped track the case. So my agent from Memphis uh, got to go all the way over to Wales and help bust the door down, and they arrested the guy. So that's kind of the story of our swatting incident. I didn't know any of that was going on outside. Didn't know. Oh, well.
1: That was the first I'd ever heard of that kind of stuff happening.
0: Have you not? You, have you heard the story before? Yeah, well, I was oh, you there. Heard it, oh, before, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was there when it happened, but I mean, yeah. I had never heard the term swatting
0: before. Oh, okay, okay. I well, there's not, are not know that, that many. There's not that many. That uh, not that many cases in the U.S. I think. I think at that time there were like, oh, I don't know. There may have been like thirty-four cases or something in the U.S. Um, but you know, a lot of the people. And what got me into the story, Robert, you talk about VPN. Uh, A lot of people uh, that do this, get on the black web, they use VPN, so they can't be traced. Well, uh, Glenn works in IT, and I I just retired from 34 years in IT. And uh, let me tell you, you can trace. I don't care. There's ways to find out where this stuff comes from. And even though they thought they were uh, uh, clear, you know, and so they actually called the police department here using a phone line, a VPN over uh, voice over IP through a VPN and, and, and actually, you know, let, left the message or talked to them. But, uh, so, uh, it's more difficult to find somebody when you are on VPN for sure,
1: yeah, especially if they're out of the country.
0: Yeah, I don't really, I don't really use it for security.
3: I, I just, uh, I can get a new IP address from anywhere in the world. Yeah. uh by just changing it so
0: it just, yeah it's like, and you know it's like a refresh yeah a lot of people use the VPN for instance on the internet if there's a major football game it may be blocked out here in Memphis but uh, we can go into VPN and say hey I'm in uh I'm in uh, San Paulo Brazil give me an IP there and then I can watch the football game you know it's yeah, just I it's just see. amazing
3: I won't say too much about that subject, except that I have an IPTV service, and I can get everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Not very much money.
1: Yeah, I just use VPN for work, and that's on the other computer. So
0: Yeah, we I, just loaded, do it. We, we just loaded it here it. the other day, and my wife uh, just put it on uh, some things, and actually she put it on my phone, so I've got it on my cell phone here right now, and I notice it's running all the time.
1: I mean, it's probably a good thing to have it these days because, I mean, the bad guys are getting bad. And, you know, you're lucky they got an arrest out of that. I mean, literally, you know, most of the time they're like, oh, that's out of country. Can't touch it. Goodbye.
0: Well, you know, and, you know, people in Russia right now, they're getting just one side news. Everything else basically has been blacked out in Russia. No, no, uh, what, Facebook or or uh, YouTube or Instagram or whatever, but they're using a VPN. They can use VPN, and they can, they can see stuff uh, happening. Now, most people don't even know what VPN is, and you've got the majority or, or you've got a lot of people in Russia that live out in the country that you know, they, all they see is their local television channel. But yeah, I mean,
1: if you're serious enough about it, you can track them and find them. Yeah. But yeah. you've got to have a lot of cooperation and a lot of things happen just right.
0: Right, right. Well, we couldn't talk about that for about t- over two years because yeah. uh, the FBI had a, a uh, active investigation going. They were trying to get all these people. And, uh, you know, uh, we're afraid if we discussed it much that it might mess up, you know, their, their uh, I don't know, their investigation or whatever. So we were finally given permission that uh, we, could, we could go ahead and talk about it because they, they finally uh, uh, closed in on everybody. Hey, Tom. Yes, sir. It's Anthony. The
2: gentleman that lives down the street from you, and when, when you guys go to North Carolina,
0: has he got on the radio yet? Since you put, since, since you helped him with his antennas and the station and so forth. The Guy that lives down the street from me, the gentleman that 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 not in, in North Carolina, the gentleman that one uh, right on the other
1: side of the mountain.
0: Well, yeah, he's been, he's line. been on. it. Yeah, that hadn't been a problem now. One of the guys that that I've always questioned, when are you going to get on? He's in the chat room right now. That's Mark P. But he he finally got his license uh, about two years ago. And uh, uh, he bought a radio from a friend here. And uh, I actually built him an antenna and took it to him when I went to Dayton one year. And that's what, um, that was the same person okay and that may be who you're talking about and he right again the that, an antenna and everything and, and it took him a year and a half to even just get his antenna up. He just says he's so busy uh, but uh, I don't know uh, I, I don't think he's I think I talked to him once, but I don't think he's operating much. But I'll see him again. In fact, he's in a chat room every Tuesday night here. Uh, that's Mark P. Mark, if you're in here, are you making any contacts, Mark P.? Am I gonna have to come over there and turn that thing on and make a contact for you?
1: Yeah, he's in the chat room.
0: Yeah, a guest asked me why did I get targeted to be swatted. Uh, he didn't understand. My understanding is what these these guys do. They like to have fun. They think it's fun, but it gets people killed. There's been a number of people that the SWAT team went out and actually killed by accident. But um, they asked, why do people do it? Um, they like to call SWAT out on anything that's live. For instance, uh, you may have, there may be just a live cam that's on a fish tank, you know, an aquarium with fish swimming around. That's a live aquarium. And that's all it is. But if it's live, they like to try to get the SWAT team to, uh, you know, uh, pull the doors down or break the windows out and uh, come in. And they watch for them. They watch for them to come in. And, uh, you know, just to see what kind of trouble they can cause, you know.
5: Or in other words, they're attention seekers.
0: Yeah, yeah, attention seekers. That's what it is. Well,
5: they got they got attention,
1: all right.
0: Well, I think it scared it scared my wife more than me because I. Well, I meant
1: them I, getting caught? They I, got they got attention getting
0: caught. I I, I had no idea any of that was going on. My my wife was dealing, was dealing with it. Yeah, you know,
1: no, I remember. I remember that she was that dealing with it outside,
0: I, and uh, I you know, you know, it was uh, it was kind of funny after you think about it, but. Yeah, you know, but at I mean, the
1: time it was not funny. It was yeah.
0: Well, it would have really been exciting, guys, if we'd been right in the middle of the show. See, if my wife and I had not been here, we would not have answered the door.
1: Yeah, we would have not they would answered have the door. It down.
0: So it's very possible I could have had some uh, some uh, uh, tear gas come through the uh, the window over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, during the show, you know.
1: But it was also good that you actually had Katie on
0: that night. Well, yeah, yeah.
3: You know that that helped hey tom i i checked
0: my email and i've got three new registrations already
3: tonight. oh that's cool so
1: that's
0: good a yeah i
1: like the the four screen concept that was that was kind of cool
0: well you nice. know you know i've used the sdrs before and like adam was talking about they're a little difficult to use actually um each one looks—it's just a little bit different, and you, basically, you only do one at a time, and uh, it just—it's—it's uh, it's a little difficult, actually, uh, and and especially when I'm looking for uh, if I'm when I'm looking for an SDR in a certain region, I almost can't find it. You know, if I don't know the city or something, you know, I, I have trouble searching for it. So I can see how this thing might have great advantages to maybe pull four of them up at a time in that area that you're, you're wanting to hear from, and you can just pick from the best one. And with that audio mixer you got in there, you can just turn off the ones that are noisy, turn on the ones that sound good, and then when the other guy talks, you may have to turn that turn that mixer off and turn one of the others on uh, to, right. get the, to get the best signal. Uh, so you know i can see this as a neat service that you're trying to provide people what it, what it's doing is it's providing them an extra tool so they can use the the sdrs out there much more efficiently and and easily you know
3: yeah and and if uh something's uh not coming in on one sdr you can just switch to a different one try it out you know maybe i'm not getting up into the northwest But maybe my signal's going somewhere else, and you could try try different ones. You know.
0: Yeah.
5: Well, I found something fun. What was that? Cleaning out the this there's this desk. Well, you can't see it because I got a background up. But there's this old desk behind me. That uh, let me turn my background off. You can probably uh, you can probably see it. there's this old wooden desk behind me. Yeah. And that's going to be cleaned out and moved out of here. So while digging through desk drawers to see if there's anything of value in any of them. I found this. This is a brand new unopened box. Oh, man. Oh, brand new unopened box. Yeah. Of three and a quarter inch.
0: Save He's those. Kept... Say I bet you, you could probably get someday you'll be able to get some money for those. Yeah.
5: And I'm thinking, okay, so it's one point four meg per yep. disc, the entire contents of this box is fourteen, 14,
0: 14 meg fourteen meg. Yeah, yeah.
5: Right here is hundred and twenty eight gig.
0: Yeah, that's nothing, man. You, you can get that in yeah. a terabyte, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. so here's one hundred and twenty-eight gig. Well, but million. I tell you, you know, you know, back many, back 90, many 90, years 90, ago, back many years ago, Microsoft. What's the guy's name? Microsoft. Don't forget his name. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. He said something like, "The most memory anybody will ever need will be like what? What did he say then?"
1: Well, the, as, actually, it, it turns out he never did really say that, but oh, the, really? the quote was 640K is all you to Oh, yeah, need.
0: 640K. Yeah,
1: man. Yeah, because that's 10 times, you know, 64K. But they could never attribute it. He never did officially say that.
0: Yeah. Guys, they, well, they, could, they could
1: never find the official quote.
3: A, a terabyte used to take up a whole building.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, trust me, I know. I started in this business working on disc drives that were the size of washing machines, that the disc platters held a whopping two and a half meg, and the heads on the disc drive were moved by hydraulic fluid. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, my wife yeah. worked for DEC. Yeah, I work for CDC. Okay. Yeah. You know, the old punch card era, the you know the early disc drive era, you know. I'll
0: tell you, man, I but, never could figure out those punch cards. I don't see how you get much of anything on a punch card.
1: Yeah, 80 columns worth of EBSIDIC. You can get a lot. Oh, yeah. So so each card was the equivalent of a line of code. God help you if you ever drop the box. Mm. Which I did many a time. Fortunately, I was hardware and other people did the software. But worst I had to make sure I, the card punch and card reader were working.
3: The worst thing I ever dropped was a box of resistors that were s- sorted by color code. And I, had to, mm. I had to do uh, sort. Yeah, Learn yeah. learned to code real fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's going to take a while. The thing I liked about the card punches and the key punch machines was when you emptied out the chads, you had built-in confetti. And, you know, so I, I was the guy who had the confetti at all the sporting events.
0: All right, let me make a quick announcement here. We're about to end our time on shortwave. just want to say thank you to all of our shortwave listeners out there on 7490 WBCQ. Glad to have you. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. And uh, thanks for joining us here. And uh, if any of you guys in the chat room haven't hit that uh, subscribe button yet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your name down on this piece of paper right here, and I'm going to call your name out next week. So hit that subscribe button and stay out of trouble. 73 to everybody out there, uh, thanks for listening and watching uh, the show tonight. Thank you, Tom. All right, guys. Well.
4: Yeah, some guy in the be,
0: chat room is asking. That'll be the end of our, uh, that's the end of our uh, audio two-hour show on show. Yeah,
1: but he was asking how many three-and-a-half-inch discs for a Windows 10 install? A house full. Yeah. That's, that's probably several thousand or a thousand discs.
0: I think Windows 10 now, I think they tell you if you use a, a, a thumb drive that, if you want to put it on it, I think they, they recommend like a 16 gig or something,
1: something on that order, yeah, something
0: like, something like that. Yeah.
1: So how many meg go into
0: 16 gig? Well, a lot. I don't know. I don't know. Is it? I have oh, to get. I had 16, to get a calc- I'd have to get a calculator yeah. out. Yeah. If The gig
5: is yeah. a thousand meg, then. It's 16, yeah, that'd be about right. Gig.
0: How many? Uh, how many? Uh, how many discs would it be? About a thousand. A thousand discs. Oh boy. Well, see, I
1: remember back having to install Windows three and it was like twenty-six discs. <laughs> back way, way back in the day. The cool thing about Windows three was it didn't have this registry junk. If it blew up, you could actually just copy the files from a different directory and well, because yeah, right all up. the
5: any files and everything else were in in the folder with the program. Yeah.
1: The registry to me was the biggest mistake they ever made. I don't understand it.
5: I think they wanted to make it more difficult to move programs from one computer yeah. to the other. Because I really
1: loved because I had I used one
5: for <clears> work, <throat> and
1: you know so the you know, files would get corrupted all the time, and it's just like ah, I just copy my backup directory in, and I'm good.
0: So let me let me ask a question. I know a lot of people are getting pushed to go to Windows 11. I haven't done it, but is is Microsoft going to a subscription? Are they going to start charging each year for Windows? Seems like I, heard I think it,
1: they were going to try, and they kind like of dropped that philosophy for now.
0: I was just wondering if Windows 11 know, was going to be a yearly subscription or something.
5: I know this machine that I'm on now. It's it's a 2014 vintage
0: laptop. It's an
5: i it's an i5. It does. I, I got a solid state drive in here. I got a 16 um, 16 gig of RAM in it, and I can sit here and I can be on a Zoom call, and I can have my email open. Yeah, and I can be running FT8 on my ham rig and I can be doing a dozen things and it works absolutely perfectly and I go and do the Windows 11 upgrade checker and it says nope the processors too old we're not gonna support it
1: or, I have that exact same problem on my laptop hmm and I'm like you know fine I'll stay at 10 and I'm I'm running 7 on everything else I had to go do my taxes on my lab computer because TurboTax won't run on anything under Windows 8 now. So I've got my my lab is on 2010, and my laptop's on Windows 10, but everything else, I'm running Windows 7. The heck with you. Now, my work machine, I think that's still Windows 10.
5: Yeah. Well, my lab doesn't own a computer. (laughs)
1: Believe me, I didn't want to do taxes this year. The good news is I get to buy more toys. <laughs> the bad news is I lost all my hair doing the taxes. Kathy, uh, Kathy, Kathy always I does. Left.
0: Kathy always, has been always doing our taxes each year. She says she hates it. She says, remind her next year not to do them. Yeah.
5: By, by the way, I found two other things in a drawer with those desks. Oh, Lord. I found two name badges one is this every ham fest vendor needs one of these
1: yes.
0: yeah yeah
5: yes that's one of my favorites and this which was ordered by an xyl
1: <laughs> i actually somebody gave me the badge in jackson and then a friend duplicated it and it says uh Hi, I can't remember my name either. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That Don't sell my husband anything.
5: Did you see that you like the icon on, on it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> no boat anchors. <laughs> Love it.
5: I think one of my favorite uh, things was at the Peoria, Illinois Ham Fest a few years ago. Uh, I was just walking like walking back to my booth from the bathroom or whatever it was, and this announcement comes over the PA. Whoever left a boat anchor at the Roan Tower booth, please come and pick it up. Now, Roan doesn't do very many ham fests, but it was Peoria, Illinois. So, you know, they do that one. And um, I'm walking back to my own booth, and I'm thinking, oh, there's Roan right there. I think I'm going to walk two steps out of my way and see what kind of boat anchor Somebody left at the booth Well What they left there wasn't a radio It was an actual Boat anchor boat anchor, <laughs> anchor. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah
1: That was the thing I liked about Dayton and Hera. You never knew what you were going to see Out in that parking lot
0: You know, there was one thing I saw one year, I I wish I'd bought it, and that was was like a 25-foot missile. It was standing up across from us out there. That would have been so cool to have a 25-foot missile. I'd have stuck that up in my neighbor's yard over there. I'd have put some dry ice in the tail where it was smoking a little bit. And when he woke up the next morning, see, see that missile out there? Maybe I should stick in my all. I don't
5: remember in. what year that was, but I remember seeing that. Out Did there.
0: you see that out there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing it. Out do you remember, remember the, the year? there was a hey, guy you, there
1: with an d- air cannon. It was literally built like a cannon.
0: Oh, uh, hey, Ron, do you remember? There's a guy that brought a big old truck out there one year. It was full of guns, rifles. Do you remember that?
5: No, that might that might have been one of the years though. You know i've been going to dayton since 1973. okay i've been doing the vendor thing yeah yeah you know with the with the hats since about 2006. but uh, there were a few not very many but there were a few years that i missed when the kids were really little you know and it was just well, difficult to get
0: away they, they finally made this guy leave he had he must have had 500 rif- rifles inside the back of that truck that he was selling they made him leave I tell you, you'll find anything there. We found an autopsy table out there one year, the stainless steel table.
5: Oh, was, one year we got there the. Uh, well, if you remember, I had that spot in the, uh, I had that spot in the uh, in the eating area. You know, at one end of that, there was the, the big long yeah. room that had the um, food concessions at one end, and then yeah, yeah. all the picnic tables in it, and then right at the other end of the room, along the wall, is where we were set up. And we got that space in about 20, I want to say about 2011. We got that space because um, we're moving in. So it's Thursday, you know, vendor setup day and we're moving in and I'm, you know, I'm walking out back out to the truck with an empty push cart. And I passed my son on the way in with a full one and I'm out there and pull it you know just loading the cart up and my cell phone rings i yank it out of my pocket it's my son he says dad you better get in here right away so i go running inside you know i just stuck the cart back in the truck and ran inside and there's my son standing in a puddle cleaning the ceiling tile out of his hair oh gosh the ceiling fell completely fell in on our <laughs> oh, lord and they didn't have any place else to put us well that spot now That's
0: one spot year big. they actually had tents inside the building and, and, uh, i think I that was over that that was over maybe in the in the yellow that, gold that
5: was or? the same year because was it was it? leaking
0: all over the place okay
5: that was before and my time they put the, the you know, like these outdoor canopies up over some of the booths.
0: Yeah, but uh, vendors were actually putting tents up inside the building. To, oh, yeah, uh, and
5: and that was the year they moved us to the kitchen because the whole ceiling just, just caved oh, yeah,
0: yeah.
5: over our old spot. Well,
0: there's been some fun times there. I remember when the sewer outside exploded. Yeah, you know, that, that was the uh, year uh,
5: before
1: I've, I started going. Uh, the, uh, that uh, that was a interesting yeah.
0: uh, when the sewer exploded was outside uh, in, uh, in the flea market area. Uh, oh, that yeah, made a lot like, of people uh, mad,
5: yeah. You know, like Jed Clappin, up through the ground, come a bubble and crude, and don't <laughs> right, ground well,
0: bubbling crude. Uh, you know, the ground started bubbling, man. The ground started in the bubbling. Chat room
1: talking about that he saw a box of replacement uh, knee hardware in a cardboard box.
0: Oh, uh-huh, really? <laughs>
5: I mean, good grief. <laughs> well, yeah, we had, hopefully it wasn't used hardware. Well, one year we came in there, and in our booth space, there's a big old we couldn't set up cuz there's oh, this God. big old forklift, you know, this is at Hera, big old forklift parked there and the thing is dripping oil all over the place. Oh so, lord. So after they moved it, we had to do all kinds of mopping up. Yeah. Another time we came in there and I think it was maybe the last year that they were at Hera. We came in and there's an animal trap in our booth space. Oh yeah. With yeah. half a chicken. Oh lord.
0: Well, I'll tell you, yeah. You know,
1: Wait a minute, half a chicken? What were they fishing for? <clears throat>
5: I have no idea, but it was this animal trap was probably this big.
0: Let me tell Good. you, uh, really? they, you uh, might wonder why, you know, inside, uh, this is at Harrow now, inside the fenced area in the flea market, we used to have the toilets or the Johnny on the Spots, uh, yeah. you know, in, inside the fenced area. Uh but do you, do you know why they moved them outside the fence area? You, you, huh. you, I tell you, what happened was, uh, right there at the back door of Hare Arena, there was a big hot dog stand right there, and there was an outhouse right next to it, and the thing turned over. <laughs> it turned over right there next to the hot dog stand. So I think at the every year after that, they put it outside the fence, so you had to actually walk outside the, the perimeter to go to the bathroom.
1: Now, to be honest, you know, I I went to Hera about two or three times before they moved to Xenia. And I tell you what, yes, Xenia without air conditioning that first year was hot and muggy. Mm-hmm. But I thought the Xenia facility was just so much nicer, easier to work with. And I enjoyed Xenia a lot better than I did, did trying to figure my way around inside of Hera.
5: Well, when I first started going there, when I was probably a, a college student, I think my first year was maybe 1972 and <laughs> 1973. Uh, it, Harrow was really nice. And, yeah, I'm uh, sure it yeah, was. Yeah. I liked well, it. I liked it. The, the I, owners he, died, and the family uh, got to feuding with each other about what should happen to it and whether they should sell it or whether they should keep it. And I think they were probably investing the absolute minimum amount of money they had to put into the place to keep it from being
0: condemned well i liked i liked tara we'd we'd already been going here 30 years and i i was so familiar with it and yeah i I didn't care that the ceiling tiles were falling in it didn't bother me you know as long as they they weren't falling on us and you know it it was nice when you were way around and we had fun there i never really complained Um, about the buildings or anything
5: no, see, the, for the me, for a couple Zinia, of years, it really got pretty
0: gross. Yeah, yeah it, it yeah. was bad. Yeah, I guess it did.
1: And the food court at Xenia, let's face it, you can't beat the food that they've got at Xenia compared to the cardboard they had at Hera. Yeah, that's better. Oh, yeah.
0: That's definitely better.
1: The, you know, uh, but the, I think the, the flea year, market was better at Hera, other than the fact that that parking lot was like walking on the moon.
5: So that same year of the uh, the poop flood, some guy comes up to us at the, the end of the ham fest and says he like he wants 20 hats for his band that he plays in wants 20 hats for his band and i said well i can't do it you know it's the, it's the end of the fest i i don't probably don't even have 20 all the same and there's no way i can run them now and he says no no i take an order and send them to me after the show and all that so amy pulls out her order pad and says okay where should we send them and he says well you send them here and she's like oh you live in dayton okay can i have the address and he says well you send him here and now at this point you remember those tv commercials where the one guy speaks and the whole like whole world stops and he's listening yes <laughs> yeah which looks like the whole world wants silent yeah and, but- and then he says wait the Hera arena and he says yeah i work in the basement huh. and i'm thinking wait are you telling me this place has a basement? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Wait a minute. The poop is this deep on the first floor. <laughs> I don't God. even want to know what's in the basement.
1: Oh, Lord. No, I never knew that place had a basement. Never thought about it. I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> oh, my God.
5: Basement of the
1: arena. Holy. Oh. oh.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> Good grief! All right, guys. It is 10:15. Uh, I need to get me some dinner or popcorn, one or the other. Uh, I think we'll go ahead and close the show down and uh, gonna go to bed early tonight. Keep my fingers crossed and hope the balloon shows up and starts transmitting tomorrow. If not, it I would... think
1: it will. I, I, th- I don't.
0: Think... You know. You know, Glenn. I've got mixed feelings about it, and the reason I think it could. Is because two days prior we had terrible transmissions. Well, there, there, was there were there were tires. There were times we wouldn't get anything. Up. So I'm thinking, okay, if that happened two days prior, and we got nothing at all today, maybe it's the same problem. And maybe tomorrow, you know, it'll start back. Maybe even the antenna to be fell just off. It going so good. I don't know, but yeah, it, uh, I, I don't know. It, but, you know, it's going so good, and you've
1: had several blackouts. Uh, I think the thing what was it yesterday that it, it didn't start up until late you maybe you've got an issue with you know the the solar cells aren't are twisting or something in the wrong way and not getting a lot of light but I don't think it's down
0: yeah all right guys good night dear everybody thanks for joining us tonight we'll uh, we'll see you, all next, right. week. See you all next week see y'all next week